What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner, and we're back. Obviously, didn't have the Western Carolina Preview Podcast last week. We had some uh, technical difficulties with the microphone, some other things going on. Uh, Please excuse me for my lisp right now. I recently got braces put on for the second time in my life. Um, Very, very disappointing day for me. Uh, to have to get braces on again. It's a long story, but been going through a long process with, with some things going on in, in the dental world, but that's for a, a whole nother time and place if we were to sit down and discuss all that. So please excuse me for my list. I was a little hesitant about doing this podcast because I know my voice is going to sound super weird, at least to me, and probably super annoying for you guys as well, but uh, you know, grind doesn't stop. I got to put a podcast back out here, especially after we got the microphone back in working. So like I tweeted out yesterday at Carolina Talk Pod, today's podcast is going to be reviewing the Western Carolina game, a game in which the Tar Heels finally got their second victory of the season, 49 to 26 over the Catamounts in Chapel Hill. And then we will also talk a little bit about what else is going on around the program. Uh, Some other sports programs, if you will, are doing some good things right now. We'll talk about that a little bit later and also talk briefly about the men's basketball game tonight against St. Francis. So, guys, I really appreciate you guys uh, being back here, being back on the podcast. And we uh, we got some cool things to talk about. Obviously, first, let's jump right in to this Western Carolina review and, and just talk a little bit about the game. I was lucky enough to be in the press box for that game, uh, working for Tar Heel Illustrated. Something I really, really enjoyed, a whole new experience for me. I've done a little bit of uh, press box work, f- sideline work, uh, up at Appalachian State when I was in school. This is my first time ever for Carolina and, you know, being a diehard Carolina fan as well. It was really cool to be up there. And But, you know, when I when I get in the booth and when it when it comes to that, it's about doing my job. It's about being unbiased and, and reporting the facts and reporting the truth uh, about the program and what's going on. So I've enjoyed that and looking forward to uh, hopefully a lot more opportunities with Tar Heel Illustrated and uh, really, really have enjoyed it so far and, and then looking forward to what the future holds. But as we always do, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. The Western Carolina review. Obviously, the Tar Heels coming out 23-point uh, victors, 49-26 to over a Catamount team that, for the most part this season, has really struggled in the FCS and in the SOCON Conference. Uh, Western Carolina sitting at 3-8 and eight on the season. That's how they ended up finishing the season and ended up finishing 1-5 and five on the road. Actually, a Western Carolina team that started out 3-0 and oh and then lost 8 in a row to, to end the season. So it'll be interesting to see if they have any coaching changes um, up in Cullowee. Kind of similar to like what we've been discussing a lot with North Carolina. Carolina sitting at 2-8 and eight on the season and 2-2 two and two at home. It's kind of funny. I tweeted this out, but Carolina has a chance to finish with a winning record at Keenan Stadium if they can beat NC State next weekend. I know it's a big if. Uh, Going to be a big task to, to beat those State boys, and we'll be talking about that game a little bit later this week uh, on, on another Carolina Talk podcast. But North Carolina... As bad of a season they've had, still has an opportunity to win three home games, finish three and two at home, and pretty good step up from where they finished one and six last year. It's just crazy that they will have the identical records as last season if they are able to be NC State, which I think is going to be a very, very tough task. But we'll talk about that, like I said, a little bit later this week in another podcast. But let's go ahead and break down the stats for North Carolina and Western Carolina, starting first. With the North Carolina passing attack, uh, Nathan Elliott, 18 for 24, 308 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, QB rating of 77.8. 
not a bad day for Nathan Elliott. There's two interceptions. One wasn't his fault, uh, like I mentioned, off the hands of Bo Corrales. But the other one definitely was. And two touchdowns, two interceptions, not a great day. But if you take um, the one that Bo Corrales should have hand- handled easily on the first drive, should be about two touchdowns and one interception if you're really basing it on what Elliott did and what he could actually control. So over 300 yards passing, not a bad day for Nathan Elliott. Manny Miles also was a big story. Came in right before the half and threw that Hail Mary bomb to Jake Vargas, arguably an SC top 10 play. And it was a cool experience, cool to see. Uh, Jake Vargas went up and made a play. Western Carolina's defense uh, did a really poor job at handling the situation overall, but still uh, Vargas went out there and made a play and was able to to catch that ball and, and get another touchdown for North Carolina and stretch their lead going into the half. So really cool experience to see that. Uh, Manny Miles, two for four, 50 yards and one touchdown, 99.9 uh, QB rating. So good day for Manny Miles. In his limited time, he played a lot in the second half, and most of his um, plays were just handoffs to the likes of Javante Williams, Jordan Brown, who who also had really big games for North Carolina with Michael Carter and Antonio Williams, both unfortunately out of the game, which we'll talk about a little bit more here in a second. Speaking of the rushing game, let's go ahead and look at the leading rushers for North Carolina. Javante Williams, a guy actually wrote my first story for Tar Heel Illustrated about Javante Williams. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. You can find it. I believe I retweeted it at Carolina Talk Pod on Twitter as well. But you can go find that on my main Twitter handle um, at Jacob Turner T H I. Again, that's at Jacob Turner T H I. Uh, really cool article. Really enjoyed talking to Javante. Really intelligent kid, intellectually sound kid. Had a 4.0 GPA in high school at Wallace Rose Hill uh, High School uh, towards the coast. So really cool guy and had a really good game. True freshman. Was glad to see. You know, he was a guy that you'll see it in the story. But about this time last year, had no scholarship offers, but was a three-time going on four uh, state championship winner and three-time going on four um, state championship game MVP for his high school. So had a really, really, really decorated high school career uh, for Wallace, Wallace Rose Hill, excuse me, high school in North Carolina. So actually got his final offer or his first FBS offer from Larry Fedora after winning the state championship last year in December and committed the next day. So Javante Williams, a guy that was planning on coming to North Carolina regardless, either to be a student or play football. That's what he wanted to do, but didn't have any offers and and was just planning to come here as a biology major. But that's enough on him. You can read that in my story. You can also find that um, on TarHillIllustrated.com. So Javante Williams, 17 carries, 93 yards, three touchdowns. So really good day for Javante Williams. Was really impressed with how hard-nosed of a runner he is. Three of those touchdowns are really short runs up the middle on the goal line. But still, three-touchdown day for him uh, on 93 yards, about a 5.5 yards per carry average so a good day for Javante Williams Jordan Brown thought he played really well Michael Carter went out in the first quarter I believe it was sometime in the first half I believe it was the first quarter with I thought it was a concussion um, but supposedly it's a wrist injury so might have re-injured that wrist that he hurt in the beginning of the season that kept him out of a couple games so unfortunate to see Michael Carter down especially with the likes of Antonio Williams he was in a boot he got hurt uh, a couple weeks ago in the Duke game so Antonio Williams didn't warm up, was walking around the boot when I was down there on the field. So disappointing to see that they might both be out for the state game. And if they are, it'll be interesting to say the least how Javante Williams and Jordan Brown step up and and try to carry the load for this team in the last game of the season against the Wolfpack. But Jordan Brown had a good game, 13 carries, 79 yards, about a 6.1 yards per carry average and one touchdown. I'm really impressed with how Jordan Brown, he's a really solid running back, doesn't get a lot of accolades. He's not a flashy guy, he's not a speedster, he's not a bruiser, he's a little bit in between the likes of Michael Carter and Antonio Williams on how they run. But nonetheless, I was impressed with, with Jordan Brown's performance against the Catamounts. And British Brooks also came in, 
had a good good game. The the underclassman for North Carolina, seven carries, fifty seven yards, about eight point one yards per carry. So when he was getting the ball, he was taking it uh, for for big chunks of yardage. He also had the second longest run of the day for the Tar Heels, twenty seven yard run. And Michael Carter, who had limited action in the first half, still had decent stats for six carries, forty five yards, uh, seven point five yards per carry, no touchdowns, but a twenty nine uh, long run. That was the longest run of the day for North Carolina, twenty nine yards. So. Michael Carter, unfortunately, he got hurt. Hopefully, he's okay to go against State, but right now, I don't really have any news or information on what to expect going into this weekend and who will be available, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Jalen Dalton didn't play. Um, Jeremiah Clark didn't play. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was out of the game. Obviously, uh, Aaron Crawford as well didn't play, so disappointing to see that they were not able to go, and we'll be surprised. I know you won't see Aaron Crawford the rest of the season. Uh, pretty confident. Uh, I think you'll see Jalen Dalton next week. He's just had some back issues this season. He's kind of been playing one game, sitting out one game here recently. So I think you'll see him against NC State. He was not dressed out against Western Carolina. He was on the sidelines uh, hanging out with Aaron Crawford before the game. And then, like I mentioned before, Jeremiah Clark also did not play for the Tar Heels. So disappointing to see the amount of entries on both sides of the ball right now. I think it's up to 19 or 20 like last year, and it's just crazy to see that. But something Carolina's got to continue to fight through, and hopefully whatever changes are made in the offseason, North Carolina will not have these injury problems ever again because it's just really unprecedented with the amount of injuries they've had uh, in the past two seasons. But like I said, a lot of injuries on the defense, some injuries on the offense now, especially at the running back position, but Carolina was able to take care of the Catamounts with ease with the, with the guys that they have. Uh, Carolina obviously a lot more talented and gifted, like Roy Williams likes to say, than Western Carolina, but Still got to go out there and win, and North Carolina did that. Let's look at North Carolina's receiving yards. Anthony Ratliff Williams, four catches, 84 yards. Uh, zero touchdowns for him, but was the leading receiver for the Tar Heels. Uh, Rontavious Groves got his first career touchdown, a guy that's battled a uh, ton of knee injuries, including two um, blown out knees, really, in the, since he's been in Chapel Hill. I think he's been here for two or three years already, but good to see Groves back in healthy. Two receptions, 77 yards, and that one. Touchdown he had was a 54-yard catch, so a good day for, for Rontavious Groves. Jake Vargas also had two receptions for 41 yards and one touchdown. And then Javante Williams also had two receptions for 38 yards and no touchdowns as well. So Javante Williams also getting it done in the passing game. Uh, Jordan Brown getting it done in the passing game as well, three catches for 30 yards. Thomas Jackson also had the other touchdown for North Carolina with a, a one catch for 17 yards and one touchdown. So a good average for him, one catch, one touchdown for Thomas Jackson the senior leader on this wide receiving core. Now let's switch our focus to Western Carolina's offensive stats and, and how they performed. I was really impressed with Tyree Adams, their quarterback. Very versatile guy, can use his feet and his arm to, to punish you, and he, he did that against North Carolina, 18 for 34, 290 yards. No touchdowns and no interceptions for Adams through the air, but also had a really good day running the ball. Tyree Adams, 26 carries, 104 yards, uh, two touchdowns with his legs. So as you can see, Tyree Adams ended up with 394 uh, yards of total offense by himself, uh, whether it was with his hands or his arm, excuse me, or with his legs. So good game for Tyree Adams. Thought he was really, really fun to watch and very versatile athlete, one of the best quarterbacks in the SOCON, probably one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the FCS. That, that really hasn't been their problem scoring the ball in Carolina this year. It was their defense that was so poor, and that's the reason why they ended up with only three wins and eight straight losses to end the second half of the season but Western Carolina 
didn't do a lot rushing the ball besides Stu Adams. Nate Mullen had one carry for 15 yards, and Donovan Spencer had five carries for 10 yards. So as you can see, Tyree Adams is the main guy on this offense. He's a guy who makes them click. I mean, Western Carolina finished with 433 yards of total offense, but Tyree Adams had 394 of those. So the other the other team was only responsible for, what, 39 yards, if you minus the 433 yards with um, Adams 394. So this team really relied on Tyree Adams, and he came in and did a, a really good job for them, and I was really actually surprised with his passing ability as well. I know he didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he didn't have any interceptions, and he threw for 290 yards, about 8.5 uh, yards per throw average. So a really good game for Tyree Adams. Really impressed with the Catamount quarterback. Uh, receiving yards-wise, Donovan Spencer uh, really lit North Carolina up and was a leading receiver for the Catamounts. Three receptions, 406 yards, no touchdowns for him, but about a 35.3 uh, yards per catch average. So good game for him. Connell Young also had a decent game, four receptions for 50 yards and uh, 12.5 yards per catch. So Western Carolina did some good things in the passing attack. Wasn't able to get any uh, touchdowns through the, through the air, um, but for the most part, really struggled to get any touchdowns. They got in the red zone a lot, and in the first half, I was saying to some of the guys I was sitting beside in the media booth in this game, uh, Western Carolina could easily be beating the, the Tar Heels right now because of Carolina's inability to stop Western Carolina from getting in the red zone. But the thing that was going for Carolina is they were bending but not breaking on the defensive side of the ball. And I think four, at least four times uh, the Tar Heels held the Catamounts to a field goal when they got in the red zone, which was big, especially with um, how dangerous this Catamount offense was looking at times. Like I said, this game could have easily um, gone in Western Carolina's favor, especially in the first half if they could have found a way uh, to push and finish some of those drives. They just were not able to do it. But good day offensively for the Catamounts. Like I said, 433 yards of total offense versus Carolina's 654. So a big game for the Tar Heels. I think it's the first time that they've had over 600 yards since I want to say 2015, something crazy like that. I believe it was 2015. I wish I could remember. Uh, against an ACC opponent late in the season. Might have been Miami, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Carolina had over 700 yards in one of those late ACC games that they were able to really put up big offensive numbers. Obviously, it was against a FBS opponent, a little bit different. A lot more talent on that 15 team, or at least a lot more continuity and, and a lot more of a uh, product on the field than this 2018 team compared to 2015. But regardless, North Carolina, 654 yards of total offense, 358 through the air, 296 on the ground. Seven penalties for both teams. Carolina a little bit worse with 85 yards in penalties um, versus the Catamounts, seven penalties for 50 yards. And North Carolina and the Catamounts pretty even on time of possession. Tarkos with 32 minutes and 46 seconds and the Catamounts with 27 minutes and 14 seconds so good game for both teams North Carolina just more talented more gifted like coach Williams likes to say uh than the Catamounts and I think that was ultimately why the Tar Heels were able to to handle the Catamounts with with ease for the most part it was a little bit tricky in the first half but North Carolina ended up pulling away and getting the big victory over the Catamounts and getting their second victory of the season and hopefully they can carry a little bit of momentum in to the NC State game coming up this Saturday at Keenan Stadium. But real quick, guys, just going to give you some extra thoughts on the game and some things that I noticed. I thought the crowd was pretty good. thought it was better than I expected. I think Military Appreciation Day and some of the things that the uh, Keenan event staff did, uh, giving out tickets to, to youth um, sports and all academic guys around the state, 
Uh, that was pretty cool to see. North Carolina also opened the field up at the end of the game, so a lot of young kids and fans are running around the field. Also a lot of players out there talking to their, their friends and families. That was really cool to see after the game. Good gesture by North Carolina, especially since it wasn't even the last game of the season like they usually do. But good game for the Tar Heels. And good crowd, like I mentioned, Les Miles was there. It was cool to see Manny Miles getting interviewed after the game and Les Miles watching on. I actually have a video of that on my Twitter, at uh, Jacob Turner, T-H-I. You can go check that out. Pretty cool moment to see Les Miles and his whole family in there, his wife, his daughters, um, really just uh, admiring Manny. And it was cool to see. It was the first time he's ever really seen action and the first time that he's definitely talked to the media. And it was cool to see his family huddled around and taking pictures and all that stuff. Les Miles looking on, you could tell he was a really proud father. And the new Kansas coach, which was just confirmed yesterday, already flew straight from Raleigh, actually, to Kansas after that game and ended up probably doing all the paperwork and, and signing away to become the next Kansas coach. So it'll be interesting to see if that works out for him. Obviously, Kansas uh, hasn't really worked out for any coach in the past 20, 30 years or so, it seems like, but you never know. Uh, maybe Les Miles can get it turned around um, in Kansas for the Jayhawks. I'm trying to think what else I saw at the game. Pretty low crowd in terms of media obviously not a ton of media coverage going into this game um, with both teams really having poor records so media room was pretty quiet but still a really good atmosphere up there so met some nice people and uh, it's cool when you get to go behind the scenes and see some of the craft that goes into it obviously being a journalism major like I am I still understand it but still got a lot to learn and it's really cool to just get some behind the scenes look and, and be doing what I love and covering North Carolina in the best way that I possibly can so Cool experience for me as well. Great personal day for me, and I'm glad I got to see a victory. I guess I picked a good game to start at. Western Carolina away fans didn't travel very well. Western Carolina, a team that obviously isn't too, too heavily supported in the first place, but uh, with, with the struggles that they're having right now, really wasn't expecting a lot of Catamount fans in there and kind of what we saw uh, in that situation. A lot of military service guys. Carolina did a lot of cool things. Landon Turner, former um, offensive tackle for the Tar Heels, was there, had a little stint in the NFL. I believe he's on a practice squad right now as well, but I don't remember off the top of my head what team that is. But Landon Turner was there with his wife uh, being honored, being remembered. I'm trying to think if there was any other former Tar Heels there. I don't remember. I saw Dre Bly there as well. Dre Bly, a guy that's been there a lot for the Tar Heels. He was on the sideline, so that was cool to see him up close and personal. And um, Carolina basketball team was obviously there as well, always there supporting. So it was just a cool day in Keenan Stadium. Beautiful uh, football weather for the Tar Heels. And it was really glad that they could come out uh, with a victory because if Carolina was to have lost that game, it would have been a disaster and a totally different podcast, obviously. But it would uh, be a program that was in a catastrophic mode, um, not even being able to beat a Western Carolina team that has really, really struggled this season. So good game for North Carolina. Hopefully they will continue uh, to take some of this momentum into the state game. Maybe they maybe excuse me, they can get a big victory over the Wolfpack coming up this weekend. But to be honest with you, I'm not banking on it. But guys, that's going to do it for the Western Carolina part, uh, review part of this podcast. Excuse me. Let's go ahead and talk about some other things I wanted to touch on before we end this pod. want to keep it pretty short and sweet, especially with my inability to talk straight and and uh, the amount of saliva I'm picking up in my mouth, which is kind of nasty. I know trying to talk right now is, is unbelievable. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of keep this podcast short and sweet for you guys listening. Um, UNC women's field hockey team beat Maryland 2-0 yesterday. It's their seventh national title and their first since 2009. Also completed an undefeated season. So a great season for this field hockey team. Uh, congratulations to Karen Shelton 
and all the girls over there on the field hockey team. They got a beautiful new facility this year, and they capped it off the right way, winning a national title, beating Maryland 2 to nothing on Sunday. Um, really, really cool for them, and um, hopefully they'll be able to pick up their eighth national title next season. So congratulations to the UNC women's field hockey team. Now the women's soccer team also doing some good things in the NCAA tournament, advanced to the Elite Eight yesterday after defeating Virginia Tech 3 to nothing. Um, good, good victory for them. Um, hopefully they can continue to make a deep run. It's a, a talented team, a team that was, you know, one goal shy of a spectacular comeback in the ACC title game against Florida State. They weren't able to do it, but also a team that won the ACC regular season. So they've done a really good job, Anson Dorrance, as you would expect, and I think they've got a really good chance at winning a national title because once you get to the Elite Eight with the talent this team has, I think they have the ability to make a deep run and at least play for a national championship. And when you get to that national championship game, you never know what can happen. Now the men's soccer team, unfortunately, their season came to an end yesterday. Lost 2-1 to one in the second round of the NCAA tournament to James Madison. Disappointing result for, for a team this year that was so, so good on the defensive side of the ball for so long. And then recently, um, going back to the ACC championship game, which they lost, um, they just haven't been able to get it done. They've really struggled a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. And the goals and the amount of attacking prowess that they've had kind of dried up as well. So disappointing result for men's soccer team. But an ACC Coastal Division championship for them this season. Um, also made it to the second round. So underachieved a little bit in terms of the NCAA tournament, but overall they had a great, great year. And some other things go their way. They can end up with a, an ACC tournament championship, and they could have made a little bit deeper run in, in the um, NCAA tournament as well. But that's how it goes. Soccer is a tough sport, and sometimes you lose games in which you don't deserve to lose. And I didn't get a chance to watch a JMU game yesterday, but I know for a fact that this team was more talented than them. But JMU, got to give credit to them. They came out and played a good game, and then were able to come away with the victory in advance, survive in advance, as they say. So tough season, or tough tough into the season, excuse me, for this Tar Heel men's soccer team, but congratulations on a great one. A lot of great guys on that team, um, a lot of great leaders and just great characters on that team. They had a ton of all ACC guys, uh, four or five or more on that team. So congratulations with to a good season, guys, and hopefully uh, you guys can bounce back next year and, and maybe make a little bit deeper run for a national title, especially with all the talent that will be returning on this roster. So, guys, that's going to do it for me. Kept this podcast to a little bit under 25 minutes, and that's kind of where I was hoping to go with this short and sweet. Obviously, the men's basketball team, 8 o'clock tonight, I'll be there taking on St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Um, You can watch that game on the ACC Digital Network Extra. Uh, Make sure you tune into that. Should be an easy victory for the Tar Heels, but you never know. they got to show up and play, and hopefully they will get another big victory before they head out to Las Vegas to face Texas later in the week. So, guys, that's going to do it for me. Thank you, thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry for my inability to talk or my struggle to talk on this podcast, and hopefully it'll continue to get better as I continue to get used to these all this metal in my mouth. But no complaints, no excuses. The grind never stops, and uh, glad I was able to pump out another podcast for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed, and uh We'll see you later this week for the NC State preview. Thanks, guys. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. I came to win. Battle me, that's a sin.